Anthony Heron, score football analyst. David Montgomery struggled with early in his career. There's a lot of dancing in the backfield. He's gotten more and more effective throughout his time with the Bears at getting downhill. Former NFL defensive lineman and Iowa Hawkeye. And as long as that ends up being the case, hey, Bishop, I'm still on the radio. No, it's all right. He can hang. Paw Patrol. I need another Paw Patrol. Okay, I'm going to come turn <laughs> yeah, it on in just yeah, a couple yeah, of yeah. moments, all right? Big and Heron. Mr. Hedden, I want to compliment you. You're doing a fine job. With Bernstein and Holmes on the score. Anthony Heron's brought to you by global biotech company Horizon Therapeutics, where the mission to transform patients' lives is personal. He joins us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Home of the world's largest sports book, and there he is, clad in blue on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670. The score. Hello, Anthony. Happy New Year. Simon Daniel, happy New Year to you as well. I, I did, I forgot to uh, to wish everyone a happy New Year on the Post Post Show last night until very late in the show. One of the callers wished everyone. So anyone who didn't, who listened maybe the first part of the Post Post last night, I didn't say Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody who listened last night to Post Post also. All right, well, good. I'm glad that you got all of that stuff cleared up as we yeah. enter into the new year. Merry New Year, you too. Merry New Merry Year! Merry New Year! <laughs> Such a great movie. Happy New Year. Such a great movie. Oh, Beaks. Beaks. Poor is Beaks. He, is he still with us? Dude who played Beaks in the... In the Paul Gleason? The no. no. He, he passed away. No. Uh, He's, I mean, he was also the, the, the principal in, in Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Yeah, yeah, and the local police chief in Die Hard. Oh, That's right. right. We're going to need more FBI guys, He plays I guess. that guy very well in every movie. And apparently had a little George Santos in him when it came to the old resume. Is that oh, him? really? Yeah. Ooh. Like claimed he was a minor league baseball player. And then his after he died, they, it was if somebody fact-checked it and his sons were like, yeah, we don't think he ever did. Was, so there was, there was some of that going on, apparently. That's outstanding. Hey, not, not, not George Santos level, like all completely a lie. But. By the way, has there been any, uh, any shout-out to Barbara Walters, man? Uh, R.I.P. Barbara Walters. Yeah, right? One no, of the great interviewers. Was... You, you guys spend a bunch of time every day interviewing folks. I'm interviewing people all the time. Great interviewers in the history. Barbara Walters would be up there on those power rankings. No doubt. I think that one of her biggest, and you know, this is personal for me, but one of her biggest victories is that she was someone who consistently got to interview Prince. Like, Mm. he would come back because he enjoyed Mm. talking with her. Mm. And that's rare. That was rare for Prince. I got to check out one of the Prince interviews. I mean, there's a good chance I've seen one of them in the past, but I, I, they're certainly not like coming to mind. At well, the there there was one there was one on the View where it's hilarious because he's sitting there and he's enjoying talking with with Barbara and with Whoopi, and uh, Sherry couldn't like contain herself. Uh-huh. And right. and as soon as 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 he caught that vibe, he was like, "All right, so I'm leaving." <laughs> and uh, he got up because I think he had taken his gloves off and she was like, can I have your gloves? And he was like, um, I'm uncomfortable and I am leaving right now. <laughs> and then he like walked off, but it wasn't the right way. It's a like you got to see it, man. It's very, very funny. It's like the John Travolta moment from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Where do I exit? Yes, uh, very much so. <laughs> hey, by the way, I saw Woman King. OK. All right. Your, your thoughts? I enjoyed it. I, I think that there's a, a much larger discussion about some of the issues uh, when it came to slavery on the continent mm-hmm. that can be mm-hmm. had. But I was impressed. I'm not sure if I needed the secondary story. There, there was a lot. They baked a lot into it. I feel like they, they decided they didn't just want to be 
just like a pure action movie. Yeah. And so they, they baked some more into it. But there there was a lot of different, you know, social and, and family and societal dynamics kind of at play there. there. There was a lot more in the movie than I anticipated from like the one trailer I saw where it just looked like Viola Davis was a superhero. I was like, oh, all right, I'll go check it out. And then I watched it. It's like, oh, there, there's a lot happening here. I, I just love her. Mm-hmm. Like you never get cheated. Right. With Viola Davis. Like she's always giving you like her best effort. Hits yeah. principle. She acts hard. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's the hits principle in full effect. I, I think she's like, the best ugly crier in the game. And Anthony I Heron mean, is about just, to tell us that she's she's an okay actor, but she leaves a little bit to be desired. There's range. I, and the thing is, you can tell she's funny. But she doesn't get a lot of roles where she gets to show it. I would love to see her do like, you know, her, I don't know, just her her and anybody just do like. Like a just, road trip movie or something? Yeah, yeah. A road trip movie would be a great vehicle for Viola Davis because she showed her action chops. Like in one of those roles that otherwise Octavia Spencer might get. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Because yep. you know uh-huh. she'll, she'll lean into something funny like that. And maybe maybe you throw it her way and you know, talk to her publicist and see, make that phone call first. Or like her and Meryl Streep haven't done a movie together yet, have they? I would, anything that like Meryl Streep and Viola Davis got to be in together, I would go check it out. I don't care how slapsticky it was. I would just love to see, front, one, I'd love to see Viola because I think that range is there more. Like you mentioned, Oct- Octavia Spencer, you know, they were in the help together, but Octavia. Got the more comedic role right, right. because she's a comedic actress more so. But Viola's got some comedy chops that she doesn't get to show very much. Yeah, because she's she's kind of like very serious now. Mm-hmm. It's the same right. like, and she's venerated the same way Denzel is, where Denzel kind of can't do comedy now. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's not allowed. He's to He's not anymore. allowed. It to never do that. stopped De Niro. You know, he's. It never stopped. He aged him. into it. He, he started doing it. the and goofy Denzel's stuff. And, older than we realized. And like but De Niro the, aged into comedy. Yeah, but meet the Fockers and some of that stuff. Right. Where, where De Niro wanted he because I, I, it must be fun, right? Bad grandpa. Right. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, and and he also likes a nice paycheck. Oh, it how just, about Angela Bassett? Like Angela Bassett in Wakanda Forever is an absolute. I was gonna say Marvel, but that would be an unintended pun. But she she's a revelation in the movie. She's Angela Bassett at her Angela Bassett est, but. I think, hey, let her do a couple of comedies also. She's got more than enough range to pull off anything. And I don't I don't even know how old she is. She she's been frozen she's in time 64? somehow. Yeah, she, she really? Yeah, she's she's been <laughs> placed in amber and still looks right. amazing. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really Good. enjoyed it. I'm glad it. you enjoyed it. I did I'm not enjoy yesterday's Bears game. No, and that's the, why I've been avoiding talking about so it. So what I called it what I felt yesterday, I felt the end of the beginning. I know there's a game left in the season. I want Justin Fields shut down. You can make up whatever excuse you want. <laughs> I, I, th- you, you can't get this far and accidentally win that game. This, I felt that this, that that second quarter and third quarter was the was the end of the beginning. That just dramatically it hit home to me that 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 was it. Not the end of the the end of the season came. A, a, a game and a half early. It got late, late. It felt like the, the beginning of the end of the beginning should have been maybe a few weeks ago, but they just kept on being the plucky bears and sticking in these games, and Justin Fields kept dragging this roster along with him week after week. It's like, all right, there's something here. They keep competing. But yesterday's game, not only the final result, not only the score margin, 
But just looking at the athletes on the field, man, I mean, the, the Detroit Lions are not one of the best rosters in football. But when you compare what they have access to just as far as dudes they can put on the field versus what the Bears have access to with their current roster, I, I, I think we would all agree the Bears have good running backs. That's one of the deeper positions on the field. But do they have guys who move like both Jamal Williams and, and, and DeAndre Swift? They don't have people who look like that with the football in their hands. And I'm a David Montgomery guy. Like, I think he's a good football player, good, well-rounded back. But he had to move like those dudes in Detroit. The receiver position, Jameson Williams ain't even on the field for him yet. But the one touch he got, wow, that's frightening for a defender. Bears don't have people like that. Bayless Jones is the closest thing they got. And he ain't anywhere near the same range as Jameson Williams with the football in his hands. The, the rosters just don't compare them. That's not even talking about the offensive line with all the high draft capital that's been extended there. Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston – couple of rookies coming off the edge that rush the quarterback with more intensity, ferocity, commitment, and just skill than anyone the Bears have rushing the quarterback off the edge right now. They're just two completely different rosters. And again, the Lions are not one of the better rosters in football, but it is drastically better than the roster and just the pure physical talent, the horsepower of athlete that the Bears are putting on the field right now. When it comes to, to next week, how, how would you feel if Justin Fields didn't play? I wouldn't lose any sleep over him not playing, but I prefer that he did. Why? I do, because I don't, I don't believe uh, – well, I'll say this. I'm putting myself in the mind of, of athlete slash competitor and also viewing it, even, even just viewing it intellectually through the lens of, of evaluator. If I'm Ryan Poles, if I'm Matt Eberflus, let's say, the additional reps, let's say they play another 50 plays of offense, 60 plays of offense. Him having, he's had such limited opportunities so far in game to work with Chase Claypool. I, I do believe, and I, I think I tweeted this out during the game yesterday. It, it is at this point. I, I wasn't too quick to it early on because I tend to slow play most things in either direction of reaction. I think it's fair at this point coming back from the injury to wonder why wasn't Chase Claypool getting more reps? Why wasn't Chase Claypool a bigger target in the offense? It sounded like Eberflus kind of referenced after the game. He's still working back from injury or whatever. But you have one opportunity left in game to get Justin Fields some live action with Chase Claypool. And Fields talked about after the game being excited about working with him over the offseason, working on their timing, communication, everything else, and just getting Chase Claypool even more comfortable in the offense. And all that's great. But you do have one opportunity that remains here to get the two of them in live game action and some work that they can try to build off of, to grow from, as it looked like in that Green Bay game before Chase Claypool had the, you know, the scary knee moment and the fumble. Like they back-to-back-to-back plays, three snaps in a row. They said, let's feed him the football, try to get him and Justin cooking. Then he hurts his knee and he's out for, for several weeks. That, to me, that matters, to, to try and take advantage of something here with Fields and Claypool. You know, I'd say that would be the key thing just from a personnel perspective that could be gotten from it. And aside from that, I'm just of the opinion every time Justin Fields breaks the huddle as an NFL quarterback, there's something to be learned from it. There's something to be gained from it. Every time he drops back to pass, there's something to be diagnosed in that regard. So I believe as, as we hope he continues to develop and improve at the position of quarterback, then getting more reps 
at the position of quarterback in live action is beneficial. I can't argue against that, anything you said. Because everything you say is objectively correct. But you have this crippling fear of him getting injured. I have a crippling fear of them accidenting, uh, screwing around. And of winning. somebody winning. slinging Braxton Jones Win- onto his knee winning. in the offseason. No. Oh, winning! I'm worried about the Bears. They're going to be in the top two, right? Don't, don't we no, know? No, they could be four point? if they if they, they can be win, anywhere from one to four. If they win, okay. you can't get this far and end up with four when mm. you could have the difference between four and two and four and maybe one. Mm-hmm. You can't let that happen. You're so close. <laughs> You've invested so much in this. And Ryan pulls very carefully. Jack Samber, why don't you go on IR? Eddie, right? Jackson, let's go on IR. You go on IR. All you, why don't you just go on Jalen? Everybody, uh, let's just go on yeah. IR. Let's have a nice little IR party, and we can all come over here and sit at this table <laughs> and have our walking boots and our anti-inflammatories because it just – it's just better for everything. You can't get this far and blow it against a Vikings team that's not going to be playing for anything. Do this dance right. <laughs> you know what? I think, again, intellectually, I see your point. In game, let's say, in a world where Justin Fields throws for 250, Chase Claypool has eight grabs and two tugs, and the game-winning touchdown grab, that, to me whether it's leading into the offseason or whatever, just any late-game result, this last game they have access to, I believe there's big value in that. But it doesn't outweigh the difference between four and two. To me, I, it, there, there could be value there. I think that's value that we forget and just be like, oh, Vikings yeah, are trying. I, I, I think it just you know? depends on who's key in the win. Uh, you know, Justin Fields at this point, I, obviously, he's, he's the Bears quarterback next season. He's the guy they should be looking to build around. But there's a win where if it's like Darrington Evans is the MVP of the game, then, yeah, that, that, would, be, that would be an awful result intellectually. But if it's, you know, if it's because Kyler Gordon has a pick six or Jaquan Brisker actually reads, you know, spatially correct and, and has a couple of interceptions or a strip sack that, that the Bears score a game-winning touchdown or that scenario I laid out where Fields and Claypool just go off in a game for big numbers and, and a decisive effort, I do think there's it comparable, if not better, because that's proven commodity at the NFL level where you say, you know what, all right, there's a guy who just had a huge game closing out the season for the Bears, and yes, it led to a win and a lower draft slot. That, for me, I, I, I would tip those because I do think there's a balance to it for who actually would be performing in a way that led to the win. But if there's key cogs for your future – that have a big day closing out the season against Minnesota that lead to a victory, even if, if it affects your draft slot by, by a pick or two, I think there's something to that because you need guys who are currently on the roster to end up being really good. If they're not, then it's a longer road towards true success. I, I love the idealistic I, – but this, this, is, this season's over. It's done. We all know it's done. Do everything they can do to to have a better chance at getting better football players because so many of these guys just aren't NFL players, like you said. They, they, but but they, we can't. But not. we can't accept that Chase Claypool is just not an NFL player at this point. Correct. No, he's, yeah, I, he. Yeah, I, I agree. He has to matter. If I really, if you could guarantee me, if you could guarantee me that him playing in this last game and gaining confidence. If, if, if you could make me believe in the idea of a springboard game in week 17, I, I, I'm there for it. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't. 
I just it seems think, like the more likely scenario they would win would just be some clunky, awful game that they just course. sort of trip across the finish line. Yes, the and they're all do. looking at each other like, what the hell did we just do? Well, uh-huh. I, I do want to ask you, Big Ant, about Chase Claypool. Because yeah. I'm just kind of like you, where I'm like, all right, I'm going to let this play out. And it's hard to change systems and teams and learn stuff. But I feel like we're now at the place where that might be a Claypool problem now. You know, that, that, that him not being with it and getting it, that to me should, is a little scary for the Bears. And I'm, I'm really curious why he only got four snaps in the first half. It's, it's hard to believe at this point. You know, I, I think it was completely explainable in the first few weeks here because the receiver position in this offense is rather intricate. But for him getting four snaps in the game yesterday, I got a hard time to believe it's got something to do with him not grasping enough of the offense yet. And so is this just them, you know, not wanting to force feed Chase Claypool into scenarios because he's not as good of a blocker? Well, on third and long, when you're running Byron Pringle and, and Dante Pettis and Nikhil Harry out there, that wasn't a blocking scenario. That's you going three and four wide on third and long and Chase Claypool wasn't on the field sometimes. That's a big question mark to me at this point in the season, especially factoring in all the other things we're talking about where the season is lost and you got two games to go, and this is a person you've given up assets for who has a much higher ceiling of potential than the other individuals. And, oh, by the way, Dante Pettis has had his chances to make plays and not come through. And Equinemian St. Brown has had his chances to make plays and not come through. And Byron Pringle has been out there somewhat absent more often than not. So, you know, e- even if he's not practicing quite as well, there's there's a balance to it where you say, let's feed him into the lineup. If not, feed him the football. So what's going on where he's not a part of things by now? The initial weeks is one thing. And if, if it is, all right, he's just sheerly just coming back from injury. He hasn't practiced much. We're just not clear where he's at physically. Then I guess that's one thing. But he's out there in the opening drive of the game. He draws a flag. Then he's not there. For, for many more snaps. So I'm just I'm curious about that. I'm not out on Chase Claypool, but but it's more than worthy of, of inquiry at this point for why his role wasn't bigger yesterday and curious how big his role can be or should be in this final game. We got a chance to talk a little bit about it during a, a transition, but I am I, I I'd love for the Bernstein and Holmes audience to get your thoughts on the rumors about Kevin Warren maybe becoming mm-hmm. Bears CEO. So his his level of of executive senior executive level experience his his leadership DNA has been on display even for those who who disagree with the decision to to shut down the season you know back in 2020 when he just had become Big Ten commissioner and you know like all these things when you're the commissioner of anything of any sports league of any any conference you're you're answering to a bunch of constituents who have big sway in what the final goal is. Like Roger Goodell doesn't sit in a silo and make decisions for the National Football League. They have board meetings and 32 ownership groups or individual owners say, here's what we all want. And quite often it's vastly different. And then Roger Goodell has to piece that together and come up with the position of the National Football League office. That's essentially what Kevin Warren has to do as commissioner of the Big Ten with their presidents and chancellors, and they all funnel their opinions and information to him, and then he has to drive the the conference position in the best direction. And so, you know, like the, the COVID decision to to have that happen a couple of months into the job and to, to be the forward-facing 
you know, person of that, the voice of it, the face of, of the COVID like shutdown and lockdown and, and the global audience being wondering what's happening with the, the most lucrative brand in intercollegiate athletics. Why on earth would they be willing to close down right now? And he, he handled that and all the slings and arrows associated with that, going into that knowing there was going to be an extremely negative and visceral reaction to it as it played out. And he's, he's had to handle that stage and, that, and being willing to make that big decision. And then now, in very short order, going from that, being the, the public punching bag, the global, in some ways, punching bag, to now, very quickly, with the, the movement of getting USC and UCLA into the Big Ten, signing the biggest media rights deal that any conference has ever signed, and doing so in a unique way that no one saw coming, the NFL model of broadcast, how the schedule would be he bifurcated amongst several partners. He built a stadium. He built a stadium in Minnesota. The, everything the Bears could be hoping for in their next president, Kevin Warren represents and more. So when you look at that, makes all the sense in the world for the Bears. My big question is what – what drives him at this point? What motivates him in that direction if he takes the gig? Is it money? I'd be surprised, you know, because either entity, whether it's the Bears or the Big Ten, there's more than enough money to say we would like to match what the other side makes available to you. So if he makes that move, it seems to me that it's more about quality of life than anything. Do you want to have to continue to, to do all the different things you have to do as a, as a collegiate conference commissioner. Dealing with 16 university presidents, 16 athletic yes. directors, 16 coaches. Bi-coastal and the, the academic and athletic side of things all sort of coalescing together to make your life a living hell and answering the phone at 3 in the morning. All those different things that are all constantly on your plate. You know, it's not like you wouldn't have a full plate as team president of the Bears, but it's a far more focused version of leadership than when you're a collegiate conference commissioner and dealing with the NCAA and a new crop of student athletes coming in every year. So if he did go that direction, if he does end up as the Bears president, I would imagine from, you know, all the discussions I've had with him publicly, privately, everything I know about him, my interactions with him, that it's about quality of life, you know, some level of congruence just with the, the types of individuals you have to deal with on a daily basis. Well big, said. Big Ant, you're the man. Thank you so much for your time today. Merry New Year! That's Anthony Heron. He joins us on our Horizon Therapeutics Bears Mondays. The next thing I do, usually we're done with him, I press oh. this button, and I'm going to do it. The phone lines are open! 312-644-6767. We will take your calls on the Bears and where they are and... I think I, I, I'm kind of declaring the season over because yes. they kind of did. They very much they, did. They really, they really did. This, this is it now. So I say uh, pick, pick a reason to shut down Justin Fields. You start Nathan Peterman, and you don't screw up the opportunity to make this all matter. Because the things that did matter, you, you identified a quarterback. You got to take some flyers on some guys. Like we know Alex Leatherwood sucks. We know that the other guys that tried to cycle through and give him a chance. They'll make some decisions on it. And there's some bad ones in there too. But that's enough already. <laughs> it's just bears. It's that, a, it's that's a, enough already. That, 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 that's enough already. That'll do, pig. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> That'll do, pigs. Yes. Thank you. Uh, we'll talk about that with you uh, as you call in. Oh, boy. Here we go. Next on the score. Bears. I think he plays this sort of happy music, this little you know, staccato Hammond organ, just to make sure we're in a good mental place when we start to take phone calls. I get it. It's, 
it's it, it's it's good producing. Here's hoping that the phone calls go well. I know the first one's going to be good. I can tell you that. Is it Frank? Yeah. It's Frank in Oak Park on the score. Hey, Frank. How you doing, guys? Before I get to, like, a strategic question about the front office and a couple of position drill down, congrats to Lawrence on the new evening show on NBC Sports Chicago and your return to the football after show on the same station. You make that one a lot better. Lawrence, if you could talk to the guys controlling the digital record at the station. When I pulled the episode from On Demand, the first five minutes was Blackhawks post game, and they chopped the last of the show, so I I didn't get all the good stuff. So. All right, I'll I'll let everyone over there on the digital side know. Okay, uh, now I worry we're running a psych experiment with the Bears about how much tank a front office can do before it corrodes what the coaching staff is attempting. Maybe there are enough new faces in 2023; it won't matter. Maybe it will. On the draft drill-down site, no sacks for either Carter or Anderson in their college bowl games this weekend. I could see Carter was getting some double teams, but he was only playing half the snaps and was out of breath a lot of the time. That's something meriting further attention. When the Bears debate what to do with the front seven, I wouldn't mind if they were all off the roster, but I think Robinson is at least back because he's one of the new group's draftees. They can't ignore the danger point the Bears are at on the interior offensive line. You have White here adding a second knee brace, and he's hit 30. Jenkins has chronic neck nerve issues. Besides free agency, don't wait to address this in round five or later. It could get feels killed. Agreed, 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 agreed. Yep, it's not good. As for Jalen Carter, yeah, I was watching him, and it was interesting because there were – there were some Tommy Harris moments where you see him him shed and get up the field and he just didn't get home on the quarterback, but you see that shed the center or the guard. Get into that gap. Get in the gap one step, you're on the quarterback, but he just couldn't get him on the ground. And I saw a guy that got gassed. Now, there were a lot of a lot of plays in that game. So I I get it. I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing his next game next week and kind of where how he feels and how he looks in that game with Will Anderson. They were clearly trying to make him a non-factor and Alabama didn't even really need him to be a factor in the game. Kyle's in Homewood. He's on the score. Hey, Kyle. Hey guys. Happy new year. Lawrence Homewood lost more. Oh, wait. Um, so I just wanted to run a, um, a draft scenario with you guys. Um, I was thinking uh, Derek Carr gets benched here. Um, I think they're fighting for a ninth or tenth um, pick in the first. Um, what are the chances we trade a first, if we get the first, for uh, a first and Claypool for Devontae Adams and their tenth? Uh, I just wanted to hear your opinion on that. No, I, we're not doing that today. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that sounds good. Ralph on the north side, you're on the score. Hey, Ralph. Hey guys, how you guys doing? So it was about a year ago, uh, you know, I called and I uh, felt that this was the wrong coach. I called to never lose. And now, one game before the end of the season, he's trying to do anything but that and get fields killed to try and win some games. And you hear Jonathan Vilma on the announcers. Kenny Albert says, uh, are you surprised he's out there like any sane person would? And Jonathan Vilma says, no, I'm not surprised at all. He needs to, be- to develop. This is a time to develop. 
develop in front of no offensive line with no receivers when you're down by almost 25 points. It was it made the Thibodeau Derrick Rose moment look like a joke to have this kid still out there. The only one that I'm certain of on this team who's going to be here for the long haul. Okay, thanks, Ralph. I mean, the I think it's a perfectly good argument for taking him out, and and I get that. I also think if well, the problem that I have is they sort of violated their own logic. Meaning they, they were asked earlier in the year about the balance of him being in danger with him getting better. And I thought, to Ralph's point, that that game was close enough to the him being in danger. Especially once we got into the second half. Right. I mean, we we saw some plays early on in that game where Fields was doing his thing. But their inability to protect him, I mean, that's the balancing act that you're you're working through. How much... Do you need to see from Justin Fields versus what good it does for the the rest of the team? And if you can't protect him, does it make sense to? Yeah, I'm done now. I now, know, I know. That's yeah, where this you, is, I, at this point now that we've, we've the dust has settled from that game. We look at what the, a win or a loss would mean in this game. That whatever every, the, the preponderance of evidence is enough for me to not play him next week. I, I'm not quite there with you, but I understand where you're at. And I'm probably starting to move Give towards, it a few days. towards where... Because that the two tackles yesterday, Dan... I mean... Whew. Here's the good news, though. You can get stronger. Right? Yeah. Braxton Jones can get stronger. Yeah, I... Yes, you can take an offseason and build a bigger base. So maybe that he doesn't, he isn't so susceptible to bull rushes anymore. But when people, like now what happens is, let's say he gets stronger. He hasn't even really had to deal with counters off of bull rush because people know that the best way to get to the quarterback through him is through a bull rush. Right up through a snot box. Yep. Right. So if if you're saying, well, he still has to develop, that's going to be another year of him dealing with pass rushers' counter moves because he can't stop their primary move. It's not fun. No, but he, I think he's overachieved for a fifth-round pick. But that's of, the problem. School. My, and Patrick Manley said it. We continue to grade him on the curve of he was drafted in the fifth round. And we should probably stop doing that. That we should be looking at this that's as... good advice. Can, can that guy actually play? We will take more calls in the next segment leading up to Dan Wiederer at the top of the hour on The Score. Brandon Fryer keeping it mellow when we take phone calls, but it's kind of a mellow day. It's a, it's, it's, it's yeah, an no one's day. out there driving. It's a weekend, and it would, it's, a, it's the right day for me to ease my way back from vacation. Otherwise, it would be, be pretty jarring if I was you know in a, in a, in a rough morning commute. This was... Nice and smooth. All good. As we take phone calls on a Bears Monday, next up is John in Portland, Oregon, on the Bernstein and Holmes show on The Score. Hello? Hi. Yeah. Hi, Dan. I listened to your segment uh, earlier with uh, the Ant-Man and how you really want the Bears to make sure they lose. I want to throw a little question out of, if we do have the one or two pick, 
And if we really wanted to grow and get picks and grow to the future, I don't want to do this, but what could we get for Justin Fields? But if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. I guess he's asking, is trading Justin Fields more valuable than trading the picks? And I would I would say no, but I do think that the I think that the Bears should be involved as a a trader wherever they land. Oh, sure. Here. I'm just I'm just not a huge fan of any of the quarterbacks coming out. Well, we'll talk about that later on because I, I can tell you I can tell you what's going to be said about all of them and which one of them is going to rise up. Oh, I know which one's going to rise up. I'll tell you right now. I'll save it for this discussion. There is no doubt in my mind who that guy is. Uh-huh. Because I've, I've, I've been to too many of these rodeos. Uh-huh. We're just getting to the talk about, about him. Yep. I know the comp is all of it. It's Here- bananas with the peel on them. Here is Artie in Elgin. You're on the score. Hi, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Um, my whole issue with uh, sitting Justin Fields because he he if, if he's not injured, if there's nothing going on with him, I have a problem with it for us, for the fans. Okay, it's not fair to us. Yeah, okay, sure so for is. example. I'm sure going is. to the game this Sunday. That, no, that's on not. you. I'm going to that's, the... that's on you. you. If you bought the ticket for Week 17, that is caveat emptor. It's not at all. I got yes, it is. If you, as a, if as you, a gift. It doesn't for matter. For my kids. And, and there's a reason. Put their, no, they okay. put their money into no, it. What no. do you mean? Caveat it's, emptor. It's absolutely not fair. Caveat it's, it's absolutely not fair. emptor. It means buyer beware. <laughs> absolutely not. They have, no, it actually does mean that. No, that, that that's Latin. They're they're putting a product out there, and you have to continue no. to put out your no, best product. No, you, you don't. No, you don't. So you so you, you think that, that your personal but, enjoyment of a week what? of a week eighteen game is more important? Why should they give a than damn the what you of think? The Bears? No, he should play. No, he shouldn't. Then we should just stop. Then nobody should go to the game. Most this people Sunday. don't because. Because most because, people won't. Most people will give that ticket away. A lot of people didn't go to the game a couple yeah, weeks ago are, against are, Buffalo. Are you looking at what the secondary market value is of that ticket? Yeah, you could actually it's, it's, probably make some money because the Vikings will be playing for seeding. Most of the most of those tickets again are worthless. Uh, it, it, I'm sorry. I, as long as there's nothing wrong with Justin Fields, if you want to treat it like a, a preseason game, yes, I do. I want to treat it like a preseason fine, game. But he should, but he said he should still play. You just don't totally sit him. That's yes, you do. Is it why, because of Artie and Elgin? Look, the dumbest thing I've heard in my life. Thousands of, no, not at all for the other thousands of fans who are going to be there and want to see the team play. Like I said, whether it's out there for a quarter Caveat emptor. But, but when, when the season <laughs> started, fine. did you not think that there was a risk that, that this game would be trash at the end of the season? I mean, how many times have you There's watched the season? How many times have you watched an NFL season? These guys could get hurt. It doesn't matter. These guys are getting injured on pre-games and during pre- and, and any time. So how, I've never seen uh, guys how, get how many? Wait a second. Let me ask you this. Honestly, when did you buy this ticket? Well, his son gave him the ticket as a present. My kids did, and they all chipped okay. it. So when, 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 when did they buy it? Uh, a week ago. Oh, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, come on. You know what? They bought it a week ago. I, I was you trying know, to see your point of view, Artie, but. You know why they I bought mean, it a week ago? On. Because they, they barely paid exactly. anything. They barely got it for free. They got that for a song, homie. It doesn't have any value. 
These they got hey hey so your your kids got you a good gift, but they got you a cheap gift, man. <laughs> And you, and you should be matter. upset. And you should be upset about yeah, that. Seriously, you, t- you got to take this up with your kids. You got to be like, "Hey, where's my box of cigars or something else?" Because they got one over on you, man. And now you're out here wanting Justin not, Fields yeah, to play. Now, now you're blaming not the Bears because your kids are cheap. That your kids are cheap. Absolutely not. I still yes, think yes, that there's nothing wrong with Justin Fields. Artie, Artie, how much? How much for those tickets, man? You're missing the point. How much for those tickets? I'm sorry? How much of the tickets? What does it say on the face? Oh, I, I, I didn't get that. All I have is the picture that they were bought and the picture mm-hmm. of where the seats are. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I got. I bet, I bet they got it for like a like, a 40% discount, oh, fam. more than that. More than, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is, that's, that's a couple of clicks on a keyboard to know what the value of that is. Come on. It, it would have cost them more money to get you a tie. It's messed well, it's up. A different story. It's messed it's up, Artie. You need no, to Artie, don't call Artie, us. Call Artie, your kids. Artie, yeah, you, you called the wrong place. But thanks for the call. You need to call oh, customer oh. service over at your kids' place because <laughs> they ago. tried to get one over on you. <laughs> they got it a week ago for week seventeen of one of the worst teams in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> and now they got it. Now just for him, I'm telling you right now, somebody in the bear. Wait a second, Are, Artie and Elgin is coming. Oh my God! We've got to do everything. What are we Artie. doing? The, the, the chance of the top pick? No, nah, not if Artie from Elgin's going to be there. No way. We gotta, we gotta shine it up real good hey, if he's going to be there. Roll out the red carpet. Let's see. Let me see how much 17. I can get these tickets for. They got it a week ago. Hey, Dad, look what we got you. Awesome. Thanks. Bears must be good. Oh, Artie. This is Dell and Gary on the score. Hey, Dell. Good morning, gentlemen. You know what? I'm actually on the side of let him play for a quarter because he's got one thing he can play for now aside from his paycheck. Get that record. What does that do? Let him get the record. You know, let, 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 let Justin Fields get that record and then set him down. At least he'll have something to show for it. The rushing record is in play. If he gets 63 yards, he will be the all-time leading rushing quarterback. He will pass um, Lamar Jackson in the season that he had a few years ago. I mean, it's a pretty big accomplishment. I don't know if Justin cares about it. He's often said that he doesn't want this to be his life. But, you know, I, I, I would understand if he wants to chase it, if the, the guys that play with him want to chase it. And I'm just trying to balance whether that means more than just saying, just take a rest, son. Let's get out of here. By the way, Dan, I've checked. Would you like to know how much a pair of tickets for us to go see Vikings, Bears on Sunday Cost a pair in the end zone, yeah. A pair of tickets, a pair. in the end zone. 20 bucks. No, 32. 32. Okay. 32 bucks for two seats, <laughs> two seats. So it's 16 bucks for one. No, 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 30, 32. So 64 oh, for the okay. pair, okay. 32 a chair. Mm. Artie, if a movie is 20 now, Artie, your parking is going to cost more than the tickets that your kids gave you. I hope they got you a parking pass, fam. Because what they did to you, let me tell you what you, what your kids did, Artie. They they took advantage of the marketplace, and they know you love the Bears, and they were like, "Hey, we can get in good with Dad, but uh, we don't have to mortgage our future to do it." And Dan's right; a quality tie would have cost more than the tickets that they bought you. Yeah, like a nice Brooks Brothers tie. 
I mean, even if you wanted to go lower than that, like you, man, Artie, I'm sure your kids love you. Well, I mean, they love you. Like they, they went and got the thing and they, but they are definitely trying to get over on you and you fell for it. (laughs) You fell for the banana in the tailpipe so hard that you are calling up this radio station like, they need to play because my kids got me these awesome tickets. Your kids spent $60. If that, they might have gotten them gifted. Yep. There's a better chance they got them gifted. Yep. And now you want to see everyone go out there and do work because Artie's coming to town. You, you you better play for Artie. Artie's that's big a, night on the town. That's your pregame speech from Flusi. They got they got those tickets for 20 bones. He's, he's going to throw the hits principle out the window and say, damn it, Bears, if you have any pride, dig down deep and win just one for Artie from Elgin. Poor Artie. Next up, Dan Weederer will give us his thoughts. Poor Artie. Here on the score.